Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I am Jason. And I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And we're all sick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are sick. I'm a little bit drunk. (laughs) Yeah. This is the Evil Dead cast episode 26. Did you say you're a little drunk? I did. All right. I'm going to have a sweet right now. Me too, except mine is NyQuil. Well, you know. That counts. Yeah, it does. Or switch it out for beer. It'll make you feel better. (laughs) Yeah, I I read this one, dude. He's like, you know, most of like you get NyQuil or whatever. What's really helping you is the alcohol they put in there. So he just skips it and goes right for like a big (laughs) swig of brandy. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. It's the finale. So let's get into it. Attention shoppers. Deadcast top five. In five, four, three, two. All right, this is it. Awesome. It's our Deadcast Top 3. This week it's our Top 3 Highlights for Season 2, Episode 10, Second Coming. The finale. The season finale, that's right. We've all been working up towards this. It's like, boo, and then yay, all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) What's the yay part? Did you love it? Oh my god! This was the best, absolutely the best episode ever. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was perfect. How many times did you watch it? Three, three. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure I got everything because, and I was just, I was completely memorized. So I, I wrote this down. I said this episode was the pure embodiment of all things Evil Dead. It was so perfect. Ash was so cocky and unflinching. He was the ultimate antagonizing antihero. He was solid as a rock. I'm seriously considering modeling my life after Ash. After this <laughs> <laughs> he played homage to Sam Raimi's point of view filming style. It, you know, his famous style it had tons of gore, tons of action, tons of humor, a little bit of Three Stooges, a little bit of Star Wars. It had a <laughs> chainsaw battle, for God's sake. It was awesome. Yeah, I totally yeah. thought of you because Ball came back and, and the fight that you had been disappointed in not getting was there and not only was it a fight it was a chainsaw fight i'm like i know rich is gonna love this (laughs) yeah it was awesome i watched that part like four times (laughs) chris i'm not sure i've ever seen a chainsaw fight before actually so it was pretty cool here's the funny thing i agree with everything richard just said but for some reason i felt a tiny bit let down by this episode which is weird because everything you said, I think, was was true. Like, it was a great episode. There was all kinds of amazing stuff in here, and it did embody the spirit of Evil Dead really, really well. But I don't know. Something about it just kind of fell flat. Not mm. not very much, but I was I was a little bit let down in the end. I, I think it might be the end, which maybe we can get to because I didn't love the ending of it totally, but... Uh, but it's weird how how like I can I can think of all the individual bits of the episode and think that was amazing. I love that. That was incredible. Chainsaw battle. Never seen that before. But then put it all together and I'm like, huh, weird. I'm not so sure it was my favorite. Yeah. You know, everything you just said, I pretty much agree with everything. You know, I mean, <laughs> hearing Rich talk about it, I'm like, yeah, dude, everything you said is right. But I feel the same way, Chris. But uh, all right. Well, let's just get into the top three. Rich. What's your number three? Top three. I say my number three was uh, uh, seeing all the guest stars uh, towards the end there when they brought back uh, Ash's dad and Chet and Cheryl. I thought that was cool. That was a surprise, actually. I wasn't expecting that. So I was like, hey, right on. They showed uh, Ash's dad as a force ghost. Which yeah, that's I, the first thing I thought. Yeah. I loved. 
Uh, did they show <laughs> Cheryl and Chet too, or just him? Yeah, no, well, they had three of them. They right? had all three. Yeah, they Cheryl were. And Chet. I love yeah. that. Just stick in some Force ghosts. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I was also going to say too, and um, when you know Ash wasn't fooled by any of this. He's like, what a dick move or whatever he said, wearing the skins of other people. And then he killed his own, he, well, he killed his dad in the bathtub right when his dad was going to say what he was going to say again. <laughs> like, what was he going to say? <laughs> I have to tell you, you you and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, now I think that could not have been Ash. I mean, I thought it would have been really funny if they would have figured out a way to actually have made it his dad, but I don't think it was. I think it was just ball screwing around with reality, right? So he really wouldn't have had any kind of an answer. Well, I guess sometimes deadites or evil spirits know things, but I think we just got it confirmed, at least for this season, that that whole thing was just a big joke, which is fine. But there's probably nothing really to it, right? Probably not. He was just messing with his head. I mean, and as far as like, there's no big secret that they had in mind when they first had his dad say that. Yeah. And I'm glad that it never felt like there was a point where Ash was fooled by it. Right. I think we were talking about that last week or the week before that if if they're constantly fooled by a deadite looking like somebody else that they love, it's going to get old. But at no point was Ash uh, did. He didn't even hesitate. Like he immediately took his dad or what looked like his dad and drowned him in the tub. This was the perfect time for him not to be fooled by it because as uh, the audience were like, just wait and hear what he has to say just in case. And he, instead he shoves him underwater. We're like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of his superpower. And ball even said he was a tough nut to crack. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. Is that good? Rich? Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm doing more listening than talking this episode. I'm having a hard time with my throat. You sound That's all right. We're we're early on here. You you'll you'll get into it. You sound yeah. nice. Yeah, you do uh, actually. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, wait. Give us give us your best like like give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> okay. Give me some sugar, baby. It's not bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> I feel like I want to come over there right now. <laughs> Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, Chris. Uh, well, my, my number three, uh, I just thought the fight with Henrietta at the beginning was really awesome. It was, uh, it, to me, it, it had little bits of everything. You know, there was comedy, there was great action, there was horror, there was gore in there. And I mean, the breastfeeding scene <laughs> was, was just so disgusting. nasty. <laughs> so disgusting. I mean, you think that Ash being pulled up the the ass of a of a a corpse is gross and then they do something like this and pretty close they just just as bad (laughs) oh if maybe worse i don't know maybe even worse but it was so gross um i thought her head like extending off was equally like terrifying and amazing looking it was just really 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 awesome and uh and then at the very end of it, when he finally cuts her head off and he just like throws it down on the ground and his, the way he says, fuck you. Yeah. That was so triumphant. Awesome. I, I, I really loved it. I almost used that as the intro. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. <laughs> it would have been pretty good, but, uh, it was, um, it was fun to watch. And I was, uh, in a way surprised that it was sort of taken care of so early on in the episode, but they had a lot of other stuff to get to. So yeah. It was okay, and and it, it kind of left me wanting more, so that's always good. Right. Yeah, Henrietta, I love Henrietta, and I liked that he shot her in the belly, and then she spit out all the buckshot. That was pretty cool. That was really cool, yeah. I, I wrote that down in my notes at the end, that her spitting out the pellets was really mm-hmm. cool. It was like, shotgun? You can't hurt me with a shotgun, mm-hmm. you know? Means shot, shot her in the head and then <laughs> he goes prison rules eh? and kicks her between the legs and she's like "Ooh, feel so good inside me oh <laughs> yes <laughs> oh they but are not afraid to do anything the the i think yeah. the creature that she turned into was the same thing that she turned into in evil dead 2 right that long-necked creature yeah it looked like it yeah yeah i think soul. it was the same thing hey i'll follow your soul i'll follow your soul i'll there you go. <laughs> I like too how it totally just picked up right where it left off. I mean, there wasn't even an intro. It was just like boom, right, right back in the basement fighting Henrietta. I know. I, I was like, I usually I feel like I have a second to tune in, but I'm like, oh, oh, gotta pay attention right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Did I forget? Did I miss something? I had the same experience. For the first like couple seconds, you're like, oh, this is the this is the last week Recap, on Ash yeah. versus Evil Dead. But it's not. You're right into it. And I, I like that. It was good. All right. My turn. So my number three. Actually, one thing I, I totally dug about this episode. Uh, last, I think it was last week, Richard, you asked if we thought Ball would come back. And I said, I hope not, because I felt like we were kind of done with that story. And I was kind of getting tired of him. Uh, but I thought the reveal of his trickery in this episode was totally awesome. Like yeah. how quickly it went from them all being in the car. And it seems like, you know, Popple's back to life and they're going to go back to the future and things are looking up. And then like 30 seconds later, he, you know, Pablo had slit his own throat and pulled his face back like a mask to reveal it was ball which was amazing and then 80s ruby rips the car door off and wait no that didn't happen yet did it yeah no it did yeah. she yeah he, she ripped the car door off and flailed it off into the distance and then tosses like flung it really yeah, far yeah and then tosses ruby's head into the seat next to ash and then pulls him out and steps on his face and then he next thing you know he's waking up in the cabin with demon babies scurrying around all over the place and and then they're also being delivered this time from out of the book's mouth, which I guess kind of makes sense because before it was Pablo who had joined with the with the book. But all of that right. just chaos happened within like 30 seconds. And then they reveal that Bale as Pablo had convinced Ash to go back in time because we saw Pablo say that, but we just thought it was a hallucination or something. I thought that was a really neat twist. So I liked it. It yeah. was. It was good to see Ball back, or Bill. I like calling him yeah, Bill. Bill! continues to do that. Yeah, that's right. He's like, Bill, come on! Um, it, you're right, though. It was fun to see him come back. Uh, I think now we are done with him, but um, yeah. it it made a lot of sense. You know, it the reveal, as you said, that it was Ball speaking, you know, through Pablo's dead body um, was, was a really good one. It was sort of a, it was a satisfying way yeah. to to get ball back into the fold here. And I liked how too, they showed uh quick clips of, of the last episode where ball transfers in to Pablo's dead body. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's something like nobody really saw, or we, we certainly didn't pick up on, but when you see it replayed here, it's like, Oh yeah, it's transferring that black goop into, mm -hmm. into, into Pablo. And <laughs> you know, we should have known that was it that he was coming. Right. And it, it, the, yeah. the, the cool thing about it was we didn't, it was totally unexpected. So it was like, Holy shit. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, they can show us something, but we still don't really see it coming, which mm -hmm. is cool. All right, cool. Uh, where are we? Number two, rich. Um, it was ball. That was my number two. <laughs> How they brought ball back and then uh, brought back uh, also Ruby. I thought that was pretty cool. When she showed up, I was like totally surprised when she walked in through the door mm -hmm. in the cabin. I was like, hey, what? Hey, oh, yeah. Well, that's got to be 80s Ruby, you know? And then Ash comes up, hey, you must be 80s Ruby. <laughs> but I, I thought it was really cool, too, how uh, how uh, the the whole dynamic between Ball and Ash, you know, Ash standing there just throwing insults, solid as a rock, nothing was, nothing was throwing him off. And he, I don't know if he, if he recognized that Ball had the superior intelligence, you know, after after getting himself out of the situation by going into into Pablo and all, but uh, and then he started throwing down, you know, with uh, to his vanity, to his ego, saying, "Let's go, man, mano a mano, no power." So, do you think and, that's uh, why Ball agreed to it? I was, yeah, I think so. I was a little confused because I thought, okay, I guess Ball agreed to it because of vanity, like Ruby said. But then Ruby said she altered the deal when she was with Kelly, and I wasn't sure what she was doing. I thought she was maybe giving Ball his powers back. But then later, Ball, you know, said, did you really believe I was going to honor this deal? And then I think, oh, okay, I think I'm getting it now. Because right before he died, Ball looked at Ruby, I think, and said, what have yeah. you done? And she said, yeah, honored yeah. the deal. So I, th oh, so exact, actually what she was doing, I, I'm an idiot. You guys probably already knew this was she was making it. So Ball was vulnerable to Ash. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Good thing Ruby is a, it's a good thing. Ruby's a, a feminist, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps to say it all out loud like that though, because yeah. I was slightly confused too watching it because it seemed to go back and forth. Um, and and only on the second 
time that when I second watch through of the episode, did I realize that at the end there, she's, as far as I understand, making good on the deal, right? right. She's the one who's uh, doing the spell or whatever it is to to send them back. So, mm-hmm. and bring, and ultimately bring Pablo back. So, and it, yeah. And it's interesting because ball, it, the reasoning that I got for him wanting to do this whole thing in the first place and go back in time is because that Ruby had not been infected with Ash. And so he thought that meant that w- she wouldn't betray him, but then this Ruby betrayed him too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I thought it was totally cool. They brought those two back, and it really lent uh, credence to the story, gave reason to the time traveling. You know, and now you're going to see, and now you got a setup for the first episode of the next season with Ruby. I wonder what she's going to do, if she's going to go on her rampage and try and take over the world again or what. Yeah, it's, it certainly seemed like they were setting her up to at least be a villain for part of season three during, mm-hmm. at the beginning. You know, just her hanging out at the end there. Um but, you know, who knows? Who knows where it's going to go? I'm sure lots of stuff will happen in, in season three. What she said when Ash asked her what she'd want is, I want to rip the skies open until they bleed and the flood to flush away humanity and the earth to burn so that the flames <laughs> touch the heavens. So that's maybe and then what as she Ash wants. says, <laughs> as Ash says, all kinds of really bad stuff or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apocalypse and a side of Kelly for the kids. I get it. <laughs> I'll take a side of Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I like I like the whole story. That that was part of the reason I like this episode so much. I'm already liking it more than I did. It's it's impossible to not to hang out with you guys and talk about it and not start to like it more. I am too. It's funny. <laughs> you know you love it. <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the best thing ever. All right, what's your number yeah. 2, Chris? Well, my number two, probably a quick one, but I thought the special effects in this episode looked really good. Um, starting with uh, Henrietta's like head coming off and the CGI, which I don't think it was 100% CGI, uh, although probably the face sort of was. But I thought that looked really amazing. And I watched it a few times and uh, <laughs> having the, the, the body kind of in the background when the head was in the foreground sort of jumping around and the arms waving around in the air. I thought it, it was sort of funny, but it also looked really good. I mm-hmm. thought so that was, that was entertaining. And then every time ball ripped off a skin suit and he did that a couple times in this episode, I, it was amazing. <laughs> his at the end, his um, when he had no skin and it was just kind of his muscle body was great. And then the cabin on fire and just burning yeah. up and destroying and crumbling into the ground. It all looked fantastic. Yeah, and also opening up the floor, opening totally. up into hell. Yeah. yeah, it looked better than it did when the trunk of the car opened in, into hell. I thought <laughs> yeah. so. It uh, they did a really nice job with the special effects in this one, and we had a, a, disem- a, a disembodied hand, you know, walking around, which of course is not new, but looked really good. So um, I think the special effects in this one. And there were a lot of practical effects and obviously some computer generated stuff, but overall just did a really great job. Yeah. I thought the same thing, especially with the cabin at the end. I was like, that's cool. Look at that thing burn. (laughs) It looked like it was a combination of practical and CGI, huh? Yeah. But I could, I didn't even really think about, oh, that's fake fire or, you know, there's real fire or whatever. To me, it all just looked like it was on fire. And (laughs) even before they, before they, uh, before Ash and Kelly ran out of there, um, it really looked like they were standing in a building that was engulfed in flames. And so I felt, uh, I mean, not scared for them, but you know, it was, it seemed like seemed dangerous. I felt the danger. <laughs> so is yeah, that, that the last cool. we'll see of the cabin? Oh, you yeah, know, I don't I know. The so. cabin gets fully destroyed, sucked into hell. Is it gone forever? I don't know. I'd That's say there's the, a fifty percent chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's so iconic that yeah. they're they've got to be tempted to bring it back all the time. I don't know. I bet you they didn't destroy it. It'd be a stretch though, because that happened in the past. Oh yeah, and this right. show never stretches reality. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. It'd be, it'd be a stretch to make you believe it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can see that. Well, that's good because it goes into my next uh, point, which is things that I found confusing or unexplained. Maybe talking through this, you can help me figure it out. But uh, the ending felt 
even more than usual, like they just kind of threw stuff in that didn't totally make sense. I felt almost like maybe outgoing showrunner Craig DeGregorio wanted it to feel like a big capper to his run where it could kind of feel like the ending to the series. Um, but it was a big parade and celebration and a big sign that said town hero, Ash J Williams. Yeah. And, uh, I thought, well, why? I mean, we saw the townspeople see him kill deadite Cheryl. And so that showed them that he was actually a deadite killer. But does that really warrant a big parade and declare him as town hero? I guess. (laughs) Didn't it seem a little odd to you guys or not really? Yeah. And that, that was my problem with it, that it seemed almost too much. It seemed too much of a turnaround for the townsfolk who for 30 years have totally hated ash and he had to flee the town and uh or he'd be in jail or whatever to suddenly be throwing a huge massive party for him and none of them were even there you know at at the cabin for all this they don't really know what went down i don't think they only know that he killed cheryl yeah yeah well that's it killed dead Dead cheryl Cheryl, right yeah so that doesn't seem like a lot and you're right it felt like the the showrunner you know uh, was was trying to make it almost like the end of the series like there won't be any more of this show and and i could understand that if if season three wasn't already renewed but we've had season three renewal for a while so uh you know it's it felt a little over the top to me and uh i think that's kind of why i didn't like it the one thing i really did like though was when uh when ash says um, something about I've been, I've been, uh, 30 years ago, I was made a pariah of this town and you hear someone in the crowd go, yeah, you were, <laughs> 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 but overall it was just too much of a celebration for me, for Ash and me. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt the same way a little bit. I, I mean, I understand completely what you guys are talking about. Cause I was like, well, this is a little bit over the top here for a celebration. Cause the only thing he says that alludes to them celebrating him was that he told them what happened when he was came back from the past. Mm. So I guess they believed everything he said. Right. But I was so invested with Ash and I was so happy for him. I was able to. (laughs) Plus he even gets up there and he's talking and he's still, he's still kind of a jerk to them. Right. What does he, he he says a couple things that like you guys are a bunch of assholes. Yeah. That's well, (laughs) it is. Whenever he talks, I forget, you know, I'm just like, Oh, he can say anything and I'll believe it. Yeah. Apparently anyone will. And then, you know, there's the obvious time travel questions that maybe should be ignored. But if he went back and stopped himself from finding the book, then doesn't that mean that he never killed anybody and that the town never thought he was a murderer? And yet during this celebration, it was clear that they did because he mentioned it in his speech. So, right. And also, I mean, but then also would he have even met Pablo and Kelly? Like, how does that kind of figure in? Yeah. Well, so my whole my whole thing, my whole number one was going to be that this episode for me proved that this show can do anything it wants and it's okay. And like time travel that doesn't make sense or characters dying and then coming back and or characters dying and being replaced with a new version of themselves like Ruby. You know, we, we lost current Ruby, but we gained 1980s Ruby. Uh, it's kind of a clever way to keep Lucy Lawless on the show. Pablo dies and we were, we were worried about, you know, main characters dying, if that would be a thing on this show or if it would really affect us the same way. Turns out he could die, but he could come back. You know, Ash gets his hand back just to immediately have it taken away again. And they can do all these crazy things, right? And some of it doesn't make sense. Some of it's just totally nuts. But I realized that it doesn't matter because it's hilarious and it's fun to watch. And, you know, (laughs) we're not really in it for that kind of thing like you might be on another show. It's all just for fun. And it kind of doesn't follow the same rules as most other shows do in terms of dramatic, you know, moments and tension and and whatever, uh, or even how experiences are going to affect the characters on the show uh, and what they do and what they what they go through. Um, And and I think that's totally fine. And it, it completely works. 
for this show and and i kind of like the show more for it because it's just such a blast to watch all the time and and all that was just kind of hammered home in this episode for me because some of it was crazy and i realized it doesn't matter (laughs) it's awesome yeah totally you know what though i think that could be a double-edged sword because Mm. i mean for us it's awesome because you know the episode is uh, the whole series is just a vehicle to watch our favorite characters do what they do but for you know someone who's not familiar with the show or or just tuning in for the first time it might be a little too goofy too much yeah that's a good point i hadn't really considered that but I don't know. I mean, if you're in the right mindset and it's it's unlike most other things on TV. So I hope that anyone who comes into it blind or or as a new fan can just kind of appreciate it, at least for that reason, that they've never seen anything like this before. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. what I actually what you're saying goes a little too far for me that a few things like having a parade at the ending, even though it's over the top, totally ignoring the implications of time travel not even throwing a bone and something in the dialogue that says, yeah, we know it doesn't totally make sense. And then Pablo just, I mean, the whole thing was, Oh, they thought they brought Pablo back, but actually a uh, ball had used his corpse as a skin suit. Oh, we'll just ignore yeah. that and have him claw himself out of the charred ashes of the cabin for no reason. Yeah. Uh, that was too much, that. too much for me. I'd like to hear that, but First, it was just that when you get too much into cartoon territory where you're just like, okay, we're not even going to care about anything making sense at all, then um, the stakes are just totally gone for me. And it it goes down a little bit for me in, in how much I like it. Just a little. I mean, I still appreciate everything else about it. But I, I mean, I think the show has actually done a pretty good job of trying to make some sense and have things connect together so that when it just totally throws up its hands and doesn't even try, then at least in this episode, I felt like it, it lowered it a little bit for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I just realized too, that you're right. I mean, they have had good balance in all the episodes and I think that's what made the show so great. And the one episode where they did, like you're saying, throw kind of everything out the window. It was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So what were you going to say about uh, Pablo? Oh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I was wondering about that, too. I watched it a couple times, and I was like, where the hell did Pablo come from all of a sudden? I think that Pablo came from uh, the skin of Ball. That's what I think. Mm. His skin was, yeah, he was, oh, maybe. I mean, Paul Ball was basically Paul. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> they, they, uh, Bill, Paul, Ball, Bill. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, where he came from, that's a good question. But he was, Ball was basically returning him to them as part of the deal, right? But the skin, that's a good theory. Gross, yeah. but good. <laughs> and if um, Ash is also part of the book. If Ash successfully saved his hand by time traveling, then he must have done that by making sure that he never went to the cabin and found the book. So if so, then he should have never met Pablo and Kelly and you know, all that kind of <laughs> question. But what <laughs> see, I loved is as soon as he got his hand back, I thought there's a damn good chance that's going to be gone by the end of this episode. <laughs> right. That was my right, first right, right. thought. <laughs> and I was so happy see, that it actually happened. <laughs> yeah. And see, the thing with time travel, though, is I used to have this theory that, like, time travel is really hard to do. It's it's a really hard story mechanism to use and do it do it well and 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 have it make sense. Like, I'm not even sure I've ever seen a time travel movie that you can't poke holes in like Mm -hmm. all over the place um (laughs) and and i thought about it this came this came to me years ago that the best time travel movies are comedies where they don't have to worry about uh, about the necessarily about the timeline consistency to it all Mm -hmm. um which which seems to which seems to work best for time travel like back to the future i mean basically as a comedy you know sort of action y comedy and it's amazing i mean nobody doesn't like back to the future i i hope uh, but mm-hmm. uh and here and it's sort of the same thing where this is at least partially a comedy and they're going for comedy a lot they put in some time travel so maybe i'm just a little bit more forgiving of time travel prob- problems I mean, when the thing it's is, played for laughs. I, I totally yeah. get what you're saying and I and I agree. But have to be. in in like Back to the Future, which I love, you can think about it really Good. hard and start poking holes in it. But in this one you don't have to think too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well <It's> like, 
Maybe, but I, I, mean, I, like I don't the even whole think you point have of going back in time was so that he can make it so that he never saw the book. And right. then none of that stuff would happen. And it turned out that it worked, except the stuff did happen anyway because the whole town thinks he's a killer. So why does he still yeah. have his hand and yet he still killed his friends? But see, it's time travel holes, problems with time travel uh, are just as easy to explain uh, to explain, too, I think, when you think about things. Well, it's an alternate future, like there's yeah. infinite different timelines. So maybe they did prevent all that from happening. But then other stuff happened in the intervening 30 years. So he still did meet Kelly and Pablo and this and that. So it, I, I just think you can't think about it too much. It's yeah, probably the so. best uh, solution. Yeah. <laughs> and if you watch a lot of Star Trek, you get used to it. <laughs> I've seen every episode. You know what's you know what's crazy? I haven't seen a single one. Oh my of Star God. Trek? Yeah. I have never been a Star wow. Trek guy and I never wow. watched uh Next Generation or or anything. So Well you don't know if you're ass. a Star Trek guy. Well, I have a whole Star Trek story, but that's probably not appropriate for right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't know if you're a Star Trek guy unless you try it. Uh, okay, you're right. That's <laughs> technically true. But I had reasons when I was younger for not trying it, and I can tell you those later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Curious. So noted. Um, all all right. right. Where are we? I think that's about it. Well, the only other thing that t didn't totally make sense to me is why 80s ruby cared so much about kelly and offered her powers and stuff it's interesting yeah. she said kelly was stronger than ash which is something that evil kelly said to kelly earlier so i wonder if mm -hmm. they're setting something up for a future storyline or something yeah i thought so too spin-off show kelly's yeah. spin-off show doing her own deadite killing yeah she actually she really has yet to have like a little story arc i mean you know you had pablo now with the book and all so what's hers going to be? Yeah, they kind of flirted with it this season with Ruby kept telling her to forge her own path, but it never really led to anything. Yeah. I'm sure it will. We'll get more Kelly in season three. Yeah, I bet you. Yeah, I bet she'll yeah. have her turn. Okay, Rich, which number one? Number one uh, was the fights. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was awesome. First, you had Ash and Henrietta, which was perfect. I mean, they couldn't have done that any better. Uh, Chris was talking about that, and then we had, uh, and then we had uh, Ball and and Ash, which was even better. I, th mm -hmm. I thought it was totally cool how uh, Ash was just kicking ass the whole time. I was just sitting there watching it, going, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> then I started wondering if Ash would make a good MMA fighter. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> He's just kind of punchy. I don't think you're allowed yeah. chainsaws in MMA, though, right? No, yeah, <laughs> he can take a punch. That's for sure. Oh, that's for sure. They should start Chainsaw MMA. <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably shot. be Chainsaw and, and uh, Shotgun MMA. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the most popular thing ever. I like the way Ash defeated him. Okay, you did it. You won. Now, I ain't afraid of dying, but before I go, I got to know one thing. What is it? What was she like in the sack? <laughs> and then he uses his own fingernail to slice him in half. Which uh, I thought was pretty cool, and even if they didn't have that little thing of Ruby changing, you know, changing it so Ball wasn't uh, could die, I thought maybe yeah, I would believe that could make sense. It, you know, using this demon's own weapon against him could have an effect like that. So I thought it was pretty, and it looked awesome, like you guys said too. Yeah, it yeah. looked awesome, and it was Ash using his his brain. You know, he knew he knew he was a little outmatched physically. Or, or certainly with powers, you know, he doesn't have any demon powers, but he used his quick thinking wit to distract him, ask a stupid question, and then uh, cut the guy in half with his own fingernail. Great. <laughs> it's perfect for Ash. So cool. Chris, anything more on number one? Uh, no, it was pretty much, pretty much all that. Uh, but I'll, I'll throw out one more. Um, Neither of you guys have mentioned the post credits teaser. Did you stick around for it? Yeah, okay. I was. I was gonna say something about it. Okay, uh, any, I did, and it there? made me wonder if I have missed any other ones. Have I, or was this the only one? As far as I know, this is the only one. I've I've watched. I think I've watched 
to the end of, or I've let each episode play out right to the end and there wasn't okay. anything. Good. This was the first time as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, but anything there, like anything to that, or was that just sort of a little Easter egg kind of someone finding the book? Yeah, it was just like, oh, you can't have this series without the Necronomicon. It's the second time the book's been thrown into hell and then just kind of shows up again, so. And <laughs> just comes yeah. back, yeah. I actually wrote that I thought it was kind of silly that Ruby would forget the book and it was just lying there on the ground. It's like, she's attached to it. That's right. She knows what it's doing. She knows where it's at. Yeah. yeah. You, you well, you know, I it. initially, before she, before Ruby showed up at the, uh, at the parade, um, I, I figured she went like eighties. Ruby went into the, went into hell, like with the cabin. Um, but obviously she didn't. So now that you say that you're right. If she got out of there, okay. Why would she just leave the book there? But maybe yeah. it was in hell for a while. Like maybe it didn't surface again for some time because the the car, the Nobis uh, Volkswagen Beetle, like it was really rusted out. It looked like it had been there for a long time, like years. So to me, it feels like oh, that yeah. scene, that scene after the credits was like many, many modern years day, later. Yeah. Modern day. Exactly. That car had been sitting there for 30 years. And so now there were some new kids coming to at least the location of the cabin, assuming the cabin's still not there, uh, and finding the book in the dirt. So Yeah. A good call. I missed that part about the rusted out car. That makes sense. That makes good sense. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Ash's hand. I forgot to say, we saw it flip him off again and then scurry off. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, I bet you that'll show up again, maybe an old aged version. Yeah. Oh, an old Ash hand. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like how uh, his chainsaw stalls in the in the basement for no reason, and then he pulls it out of the bathtub and it starts right up? <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> out of the water. A chainsaw yeah, that's been that underwater. And how yeah, did it yeah. just end up in the bathtub anyway? Yeah. Why? Why? Because they had to have a chainsaw <laughs> battle, man. Right. Yeah, See, yeah, don't yeah. overthink it. I, it. It seemed like his dad turned into the chainsaw, right? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. He used the chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like the showrunners is like, ah, eh, fuck it, I'm leaving. Why bother to have anything make any kind of sense? <laughs> he needs a chainsaw. Just have it appear. Okay, why not? I can My number that. one is we've already talked a little bit, but Ruby. So Ruby's dead, but Ruby '80s is back. Rich, when Ruby died, did you feel a pang of any sort or another? No, not really, because you know what? I And I may have mentioned this before. What what was going to happen with Ruby? I mean, her part was pretty much over in this story. So I was like, what are they going to do with her? And then when 80s Ruby showed up and I was like, you know, it was like almost instantaneous. And all these thoughts went through my mind. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's one way to clear up that story. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all that old Ruby got it. She, and I thought how she went out was totally cool, too. <laughs> she got stabbed and then her head chopped off. Yeah. And then she's laying there. I'm not dead, you dumb yeah. bastard. <laughs> he went to, clo to cl close her eyelids. Uh, and he's all, oh, like, oh, oh you were weird. You were really still. Yeah, you were really still for a second there. <laughs> that was my favorite line of the episode That's when hilarious. she said, I'm not dead, you dumb bastard. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, that her character was actually getting kind of boring and they needed to do something with her. So here's a solution. And I thought 80s Ruby looked totally hot. So right on. <laughs> yeah, well, the solution yeah. was give her a new hairstyle and uh, it's a whole <laughs> new character. <laughs> and it was interesting that they uh, original Ruby said, or maybe it was eighties Ruby. All I ever wanted was this book and something babies. So that was really important to her to have those demon babies, I guess. But I don't see any reason why they won't turn against her the way they did modern Ruby. Yeah. Um, those babies had a bad destiny, man. They got killed in the future and they got killed in the past. Well, that's right. Yeah, they got swallowed up, huh? I was thinking, okay. And then my last question about Ruby, did Ash, did we see Ash owe Ruby $200? No, I don't know. I don't remember that, but it was funny anyway. It was, but you're right. I don't remember where that came from either. That's totally Ash, too, to knock it down to 20 bucks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll bet you a listener can write in, though, and, and yeah. remind us on that. Because it wouldn't just not be there, I don't think. She says, I was wrong about you. You're an all right sort of person. Sort of. 
There was a few good lines in this one. There's a few good lines. If we all had sex right now, would it still be a threesome? Because technically you're the same person. <laughs> they're both question. rolling their eyes at him. I, yeah. I didn't find as many lines that funny, but I thought there were funny things like uh, Ball and Ash during their fight. They slice open a pillow and there's feathers flying around everywhere. Uh. Yeah. And See, that I just thought was dumb. I I, 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 don't, I didn't like that bit. I was like, oh, now they're having a pillow fight? That's really? what I thought. <laughs> I'm and glad I it didn't last that long. That uh, with uh, Henrietta, that he was using Three Stooges tactics against her, grabbed right, her two yeah. fingers and poked her own eyes. Boink. And even <laughs> had the sound. Boink. <laughs> and then uh, Ruby says, these men willing to risk everything for vanity while using us as bargaining chips for me to be banished and you to be defiled and devoured. And she's like, wait a minute. I never heard anything about being defiled. It was implied. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else? Uh, I liked when, a- when Ash said uh, a brand spanking new hand or a brand new spanking hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when they were driving in the car, just, when for that moment where every they thought everything was was happy, uh, Ash says, "Can we change the subject to something less depressing? Like Pablo, why don't you tell us more about the time you died? Like that's less <laughs> depressing than, than anything else." Yeah. So, <laughs> I just uh, like all the sounds he was making in the piano. Well, what do you no, Chet? Stop that! Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And then he says to to uh, Pablo, "Well, you'll never really be like me because I'm a legal citizen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor guy. good old Ash, clueless. <laughs> He's clueless, but he knows everything. Okay, any notes? Only one more I have is the quick scene near the beginning where Tanya was peeking out of the basement and covered, like, just her face totally covered in blood. I found that just terrifying. That was a that was a really, really good and terrifying shot, yeah, I thought. And then yeah. she was pulled back in to her death. So, But the way she was peeking out of there, just all the blood on her was amazing and freaked yeah. me out. Yeah. Boy, that the professor there and, and Marianne, the professor and Marianne, that's not her name. What's her name? Tanya, the professor and Tanya didn't last very long, did they? <laughs> I knew that. I knew she wasn't going to last, but I didn't think it would be that quick, but it was like immediate. Yeah. <laughs> I felt it's, it's, I think it's a little cynical, but I felt like uh, they introduced her just so that there would be someone who could die that wasn't uh, oh, yeah. a really main character. They used uh, her well, though. They used her well. They did use, they did use her re- pretty well. I mean, when she was sucked under the stairs, uh, that was pretty awesome. I thought she just sort of disappeared into and the blood wooden stairs out. and yeah. blood sprayed out. Yeah. But I mean, um, last episode she had a purpose too. She had a purpose and, and she wasn't really the only one who died because technically Ruby future Ruby died too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if she'd been the only one, I might've thought a little different, but yeah. And, and I think her face peeking out of the, the basement was worth it because it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Ash did something funny, too, in that scene where he shot Henrietta with the shotgun, and then afterwards he turns back to Tanya with a big old shit-eating grin on his face. I thought that was pretty funny, like he was looking for <laughs> approval or something. Yeah, yeah. See Suck that? on both barrels. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple, I think, but I'm not sure, Pablo still has the book's markings on him, didn't he? Yeah, he did, he did yeah. when he came out of the ground, so those might be permanent. Yeah, that's yeah. how they got home. Oh, right. Oh, that was the other right. thing I didn't know because they didn't have the book. So how did they get back to the future? They didn't even cover that at all. Yeah, no, and had to. It, well, if Pablo still, is he still bound to the book then? Well, yeah, he see, might be. That's I part of the so. thing. Him and Ruby both are bound to the book. So why did they just leave the book laying there all these years? Now, yeah. now all these years. Yeah, but you know what? They at at some point they said, and it might have been at the beginning again when it was uh, when it wasn't really Pablo. Um, somebody said, "Read, you know, start reading the passages off your body to take us ba- uh, back to the future." Right. So yeah. that's that's definitely how they did it. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, last is Ash. It kind of surprised me he decided to stay in Elk Grove because the show loves to change things up and it i was a little disappointed i hope you know it's 
a much different season next year, but yeah, we'll it will be. That's what they yeah. do. They lull you in with this cliffhanger and then they switch things up totally within the fi- first five minutes. <laughs> It'll be interesting <laughs> next season. There's a new showrunner. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it will be. I am curious to see if it changes in any significant way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it will really, but you never know. You never know. I mean, they might go for a different feel. I wondered, yeah, if they brought in a new showrunner because they had already committed to season three, but the ratings are low, so they want to change it up. So, you know, mm. I mean, it might change. See if they can boost it. I'll I'll be curious to see what the ratings do for this finale. I mean, they're, they're probably going to go up a little bit. Usually finales do, but uh, I'm actually most used to looking at ratings for the walking dead. So I don't know if you can compare this show to that. Who knows if there'll be a, bu- a bump up or not. I've never yeah. seen a show with ratings as low as this show. <laughs> That's still on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except my pod, our podcast that, that doesn't count. Well, that doesn't count, no. But hey, if we were really, really popular, if this podcast was really popular, we could get like 30, 40% of everybody who watches the show to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be pretty awesome. Anything else yeah. from you, Rich? Uh, See, so yeah, I wrote down a couple of things. Uh, I thought, you know what? I did think it was kind of silly how fast Ash got his hand lopped off again. <laughs> Like it was within the first ten. It was like within ten minutes he got his hand, and then Chet cut it off. I thought that was a little silly. I wanted to see what he would do with his hand, but you know, I mean, in the end, he had to, so they could have a chainsaw battle. And then exactly, and then uh, the 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 scene in the basement with Ash sucking on Henrietta's teat. That was pretty. That grossed me out a little bit. So gross. We don't need to see that. Nah, probably didn't taste good either. Chocolate milk. <laughs> oh. All right, that's good. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. All right, well, it is time for news about Evil Dead, and uh, it's pretty light these days, the news, as we've sort of been winding down the season, so I really just have the one item this week, and uh, I'll admit it's barely news, but Ted Raimi did an interview uh, with, um, or at least I got this from ScreenerTV.com, and he did an interview about the season finale and the show in general, and he talked about wearing the Henrietta costume again. And uh, I I did think it was fun to hear him talk about it. He said, because it's a practical effect, because it's a suit, which are prosthetic pieces with glue and blood and, you know, fake teeth and everything like that. It's exactly the same as it was in 1987. It was no (laughs) different, but it was as difficult to get into. I would sit in the chair for three or four hours while they applied the prosthetic pieces to me. Then I'd put the whole suit on the whole giant monster suit. And then I'd go and rehearse a bit with Bruce. We'd shoot the day through, and then I'd get lunch and go sit in my trailer where I'd have to sit upright. I couldn't rest on anything because I'm in full costume. I would have to drink everything through a straw. Then in the afternoon, you get back on set and act for another three or four hours. It's pretty challenging, but being together with Bruce and Rob made it all worth it. <laughs> uh, Strong so work, man. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like they had a lot of fun, but uh, I really don't envy you know actors that have to sit there for three or four hours doing makeup and prosthetics and stuff and then probably take nearly as long taking it all off at the end of the day and just being covered in all that goop all the time um but it does sound like it's fun so good on them especially if you get paid well (laughs) (laughs) i guess a big paycheck doesn't doesn't hurt yeah that's what you think about the whole time (laughs) that's right that 500 grand per episode i'm making it makes it all worthwhile (laughs) i can sit still Uh, for a little longer (laughs) that's right take your time take your time um so anyways yeah that's that's really the only thing i'm sure there will be more news uh as we in in the months as we get up towards season three but uh for now that is it that's cool Cool. it's fun fun to hear uh hear the details about that yeah yeah and ted ramey coming back really did 
add a whole dynamic to the whole thing. I thought it was really cool. I was wondering yeah, when, you know how it was going to work out, but it ended up being pretty good. Can you believe that 1987 was 30 years ago? <laughs> wow. Way to make us all feel old. I know. It's like, Jesus, oh what God. happened? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was tell I was driving somewhere with my kids today and they were talking about how uh life seems really long. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, um not so much when you're my age. It starts to feel really, really short. Yeah, and yeah. fast. Things go and by really quick. Oh, my God. You have children, and it just speeds up. Like, I was playing the... um, the I, I downloaded the Doom demo, the 2016 version of Doom, just to yeah. check it out. And then uh, I was thinking back how the original Doom came out in the early 90s, and it was a big step forward for computer games because it was the first like fully 3d game and uh it was so popular and then i remember years later when doom 3 came out and it was this big uh graphical for tour de force and it was like survival horror and i thought that seems like it was just yesterday to me and it was so far away from the original game but then i looked at the timing and actually the timing between doom 3 and this current one is bigger than between the first doom and doom three. Huh? So you know what I mean? Time just starts flying by. Yeah. (laughs) Flying by man. I still sometimes think in my mind, I think back and I think the nineties were 10 years ago. I'm like, uh, (laughs) then I realized, Nope. (laughs) You know, exactly. That's, that's, that's when I did a lot of my, you know, formative growing up and stuff like that. But man, it was definitely not 10 years ago. (laughs) It's even worse when you're a teacher. How old are you, mister? How old do you think I am? 55? No. Shut no. up and sit down. How old are the kids you teach? 13. They're 8th graders. 13, 14. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> they the must worst. just think you're ancient. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> yeah. Man. All right. That's cool. Let's get into some listener feedback. These are responses for last week's episode, Home Again. I'll go first. Grippy Bob Doubleino says, the guy he gave the bottle was the same that walked to ash Kelly and Pablo and said that ash ruined his life. Hashtag mind blown. Oh, yes. Mind blown. Yeah. So that old, that homeless dude that said you ruined my life. See, that was one of those time travel things that, that like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. He remembered something that ash hadn't done in his own timeline yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> John bucket writes in. Flesh Sock. Great band name, Rich. Yeah, that is a good band name. <laughs> Let's all go see Flesh Sock this weekend. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. It works. <laughs> There's some good props uh, for that band, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul Williams wrote in, I just saw on one of the behind-the-scenes clips that they did get Ted to play Possessed Henrietta again. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. Because we were remembering, we were, we were wondering. Uh, Scott Pike emailed in he says great episode more humorous and a little scary it was so cool seeing the old monsters of evil dead one and two i gave this episode nine out of ten. One thing i mind is ash seeming to forget that he wasn't the first one to open the book that professor noby was the guy who started it i guess 30 years and a lot of alcohol and drugs may have erased some of the details about the his time in the cabin and what happened before he got there plus his own time there was so emotional and scarring that it probably seemed more important to his brain to remember So we already suspect that the timeline Ash came from is the one that this Ash came from. The same thing happened in Army of Darkness. Ash travels back in time, fights evil, and buries the book at the Castle of Kandor, which is exactly where Professor Nobi found it, thus confirming the timeline Ash was born in and proving his life was a paradox all along. His first journey into the past didn't change history. It only confirmed what was recorded to happen in the book. I think his second journey will end the same. Wow. But... It did not because we saw that, like, for example, Professor Nobi in the original timeline had ended up somehow in some other dimension. But in this timeline, he was exploded somehow in his uh, Beetle Volkswagen. His car, yeah. (laughs) He he just kind of exploded out of nowhere when he got into the car. Yeah, we didn't really get why why that happened. I guess there was just some evil in there. Some evil in there, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. 
it's a beetle after <laughs> all they're cool cars but come on <laughs> <laughs> what if here's here's a theory guys what if um and I, and this i don't even know how to say this but but what if the the hand that the girl that picked up at the book at the end somehow is the cycle sort of starting all over again like i felt like they were almost going for that kind of thing where history is just kind of destined to repeat itself a little bit like you know almost like it's a new group of kids showing up at a cabin and finding this book and now crazy shit's gonna happen to them or mm -hmm. some something like that i i don't know maybe it means nothing but I, I i sort of started thinking that i'd say that's pretty much guaranteed oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be trouble it is trouble when you find the necronomicon you're in for trouble yeah that's the, that's a turning point in your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right from uh steve brown chris jason and richard thanks for your podcast can't wait for next week's season finale i agree with you i was glad that they did not do a tree rape scene i'm curious if i am the only one that thought tanya was going to be a young ruby i kept waiting for her to say her name also didn't ruby claim to be a nobi or am i remembering that wrong I'm really curious to see where the story takes us from here and into next season. I can answer one question for you. It was Ted Raimi in the Henrietta suit. Stars had a behind-the-scenes look at the episode, and that was mentioned. Talk to you next week after the finale. Are you going to wait and record next week's podcast to get listener responses, or are you going to do a two-parter? Thanks for all that you do. Oh, hey, that's a good question. Maybe we should do another one when people have a chance to write in. Maybe we should have waited, huh? Damn. <laughs> well, we can definitely, whenever we podcast next, include some of the responses. Yeah. But what, sure. what does he ask? Uh, I didn't, I wasn't thinking Tanya was going to be Ruby. I thought she was going to be dead. Yeah. And me too. I, Ruby did claim to be a Nobi in season one, but I think that was mostly just to throw the audience off so we wouldn't suspect that she was a, a demon or an evil person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for writing in. And next is a call from Derek O'Neill. Hi, Rich, Jason, and Chris. This is Derek from Dublin, Ireland. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you guys for an awesome podcast this year. I've been following along as uh, as the episodes are released. It's absolutely brilliant series. Really loving Ash versus Evil Dead. Really, really enjoyable show. Great fun, and it's been such a blast listening to your guys' thoughts every week uh, on the episodes. There's times when I'm watching the show and I'm seeing a joke and going, Jason's going to get this right now. This is going to go right on his list as one of the best lines of the episode. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's one of the best experiences about uh, Evil Dead for me. I fell in love with it when I was younger. Uh, one of my best friends used to watch it all the time. He's no longer around. He's in a different country now. So uh, it's one of the great things about your podcast is obviously getting to hear your guys' thoughts. It's like being in a room with friends again, which is the best way to experience this show. Looking forward to season three and looking forward to season three of the podcast too. Thanks so much for all you do. Right on. Feel the same. Man, that's, that's so amazing. Yeah, that is so nice. It is super fun to do this. And uh, I'm glad to hear people are enjoying it. Yeah. It's pretty cool to get a call from someone in across the world. Yeah. It's neat. In another Dublin. country. <laughs> and anybody with an Irish accent is is a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun to hear. Thanks, Derek. That is our show. That is season two. That's episode 26. Thanks so much for everybody who listened in. We totally appreciate it. If you want to call us, because we will be podcasting again, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. Or you can do like I think Derek did and just send us, a, you know, record yourself in your voice notes app and send us that. And you can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evil deadcast or at evil deadcast on Twitter. Please check out our other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. You can find my Walking Dead podcast there or Chris's Talking Dead podcast at talkingdeadpodcast.com. One more episode in that season, too. And uh, uh, yeah, big mid-season finale this yeah. weekend. So, and I guess it'll be over by the time people hear this. And then uh, <laughs> next 
we'll be back for season three, right, guys? Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. But maybe we can do an episode in the middle there like we did last time. I was thinking we mentioned we might want to review that Fede Alvarez directed Sam Raimi produced movie Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. That might, that might be an idea. Or yeah, something good idea. Else at some point. On my cue. Yeah, we should do it. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. How about some nice warm milk from Grandma?